You're listening to the Biz Women Rock podcast, and this is a special series all about podcasting for your business. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Biz Women Rock podcast. I'm Katie Kremitzos, your host, and this podcast is here for you to access easily digestible information that can have immediate results in your business. It is part of the entire Biz Women Rock community. If you want to be part of the Biz Women Rock community, which is the home for women all over the world in all sorts of different industries who come together to help one another grow and get access to resources that can help your business grow, then all you have to do is go to bizwomenrock.com, go opt in, and you will be given a personal invitation from me to join our private Facebook group. I am absolutely thrilled that you are here joining me for the Podcasting for Your Business series. I created this series specifically because A, as you may have heard about in the kickoff episode of the series, episode 277, you heard the entire story of Biz Women Rock and ultimately my entire business, this incredible global community of women who I am privileged to serve, who I get to practice living in my purpose every single day through this business started because of the podcast. So personally, I have a little bit of an attachment (laughs) and a love of podcasting. Also, and just as importantly, I have so many women and men who continue to ask me questions about podcasting and want to be introduced to resources that can help them, stories that can help them see the insides of what this podcasting world is all about, and more importantly, what is possible here. There are nine episodes that are a part of this series, plus what amounts to an audio directory of podcasting resources. Resources. I reached out to service providers, people who provide products and services for podcasters and put them all together in a resource guide for you. So that is available to you as well. Two quick mentions before we get into today's episode. Number one, I want to thank our sponsor, Emerald City Productions, without whom I could not have possibly produced this series. If you want to put your attention on what you love to do rather than the post-production of your podcast, go to emeraldcitypro.com forward slash bizwomenrock. And the major, major point to make here is that if you are listening to this, that means you are either interested in podcasting and how it can work for your business and your brain is starting to think about that, or you currently are a podcaster and you just want to know how to do it better and have a deeper impact both on those you serve and your business, which means you need to come to PodFest Multimedia Expo February 23rd through 25th in Orlando, Florida. Go to podfest.us. Two major reasons that this is a must-attend conference. Number one, the education. I promise you, and by the way, I'm saying this because I happen to be married to the gentleman who is the organizer of this entire conference, 
but I have been able to see the speaker lineup and the topics. And so I know firsthand that the education is literally going to be off the chain. I am starting to feel conflicted on like, oh my gosh, I want to go see this. I want to go see this. So the education that is going to be presented here will knock your socks off and change your podcasting experience forever. I promise you that. The second major reason that you have to attend is for the community. You will hear me talk over and over again about how amazing the community of podcasters is. And this conference is specifically engineered so that relationships can get started. Relationships can dive deeper. You have opportunities to not only speak and connect with your fellow podcaster attendees, but also with the speakers. There's no difference between the speakers and attendees at this conference. And there are events that are engineered so that you can network purposefully with your fellow attendees. It's going to rock. And guess what? Because you are listening and because you're a part of the Biz Women Rock community, you get a massive deal on a three-day combo ticket. Just go to podfest.us and use your promo code BWR, all lowercase, and you will get your discount. I am so looking forward to seeing you there. All right, let's get into today's show. Kimberly Faulkner is the creator of the Premier Dance Network. And her network started out as just one show, as most networks do. And in this interview, I promise you, she gives you gold. She literally goes through and gives you the step-by-step blueprint of how to go from a show to a network. And let me prepare you, she does not think small. That being said, she also makes it incredibly easy to understand and makes it so that it is totally achievable and totally doable. We go through not only how she has brought on the hosts of the 10 shows that she now has as a part of her network, but how she monetizes and the evolution of the entire business of her podcast network. Let's get started with Kimberly Faulkner. Kimberly, what's going on, girl? I'm doing well. Thanks, Katie. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be talking to you. It's been uh, the last time I got a chance to talk to you. We were in person and I got to be hugging you because you used to live here in Tampa. And now you are up in the northern areas. So I (laughs) I have to be forced to talk to you on Skype. But it's nice to actually visually see you. You're not seeing that as you're listening to this podcast. But I get to look at you, beautiful lady. (laughs) (laughs) So I am here because for this podcasting for your business series, um, you immediately came to my mind when I was thinking about who I can have on the show to represent kind of the evolution of a network and how one podcast can turn into many podcasts, which can turn into kind of just the the natural progression of a network and what the power is behind a network. So um, can you start a little bit so people understand a little bit of the backstory, why you even started a podcast in the first place? Yes. In the summer of 2013, I, I've got a daughter who's uh, an aspiring professional ballet dancer. And as she was going into the next kind of stage of her training, uh, she attended an audition to do a summer intensive in New York city. She wound up being accepted. And then I was truly just confused about how to kind of navigate the journey of, of your child, if they're interested in something to that degree. 
And so the more I did research, and I'm kind of a bit of a researchaholic, but the more I researched on it, the more I realized that there is no like manual or understanding. And so simultaneous to that time, I discovered podcasts and I became rather obsessed with them. During that time, I decided I really wanted to start a podcast. It seemed really intriguing. I didn't know what I wanted the subject matter to do to be. So I brainstormed a bunch of different ideas and I kept coming back to this, like, wouldn't it be interesting to start a podcast where I would interview those that were professionals in the world of ballet that had made it and kind of start learning what, what it is, what it takes to get to be a professional what are the different steps? What's the secret sauce? Why them and nobody and somebody else that didn't make it? So that's kind of where it started. And uh, that podcast is called Balancing Point Podcast. It's still in existence. I'm not nearly as active on it as I was because of what we'll learn later with my network. Hundreds of interviews later, I, uh, after that, wrote a, an ebook on how to, you know, a successful audition for some of these summer intensives. And I used many of the experts that I had um, interviewed. And so along the way, I became way more familiar than I ever thought I would about ballet because I'm not a ballerina. I wasn't a ballerina. But then on top of it, I just gained really and truly friendships and contacts within the professional world. And then it just kind of organically grew to where it is now from that point. As a random question, this is totally off topic of business, but did, did your daughter listen to your podcast? Like, did, no, did your podcast can't my voice. <laughs> I was wondering, no, like, you know, I think I yammer in her ear too much, but you know, there are certain episodes where I'm like, oh, you really should listen to this. Got and it. she now, to be honest with you, she's now 17. At that time she was 13. Um, Probably she's she now, a little more receptive to it now. <laughs> yeah. She's more willing and many of her friends do. In fact, a lot of her friends do. So she does, you know, she's a typical teenager where she doesn't want to be told what to do. <laughs> we were just having that discussion before we got live yeah. about how my daughter already has that attitude at 15 months. Oh my goodness. I, I know for sure she um, admires it and respects it and thinks it's really incredible. Yeah. Probably, to be honest with you, I might be too much in her world. In fact, in my opinion, what this has done for me is help me stay out of her world a little bit more. But sometimes when she gives me information that's kind of based on urban legend, I'm like, no, actually. You're like, actually, so go listen. Told me. Yeah, go listen to this episode. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's actually really cool. That's a really cool kind of like, I don't know, relational tidbit there of like, you know, you hear about like the Uber parents, like getting super mm -hmm. involved in their kids' activities. And this is a really great activity that you got to do that was really parallel to what your daughter was doing so you could relate, but it was your own activity. I love that. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. So, so tell me then about, you already mentioned like kind of the impact it had. It got you really ingrained with just about everyone that you interviewed and really, mm -hmm. um, you know, enmeshed in this entire community of professionals in this industry. Where did this networking idea, where did the network idea come from and how, like, what did you think about that? Because look, as a single singular podcaster with one podcast, it's, I mean, it's a lot of work. So how did you even start to conceptualize, hey, I want more shows? Well, what happened was the first step of that was a principal dancer with New York City Ballet, Megan Fairchild. She, and she had been on my show a couple of times for different kind of angles and reasons. And she and I had kept in touch and she's one of the most premier dancers out there, you know, probably one of the most well-known names. In fact, my daughter had a poster of her 
on her wall growing up. And so it was, I was starstruck when I first met her, but she is the most relatable, amazing person. So anyway, when I was living in Tampa, she sent me an email and said that she really wanted to start a blog that would uh, help give back to the fans that constantly, constantly write her and be able to answer some of their questions because they're looking for advice. And I immediately said, and oh, she asked me, she said, would you help me in creating this blog? I said, well, let's say rather than do a blog, how about you start a series on my podcast? So for a period of time, she was just a weekly insert into my podcast. And it was the Ask Megan um, question. So she was on my Balancing Point website. And I had um, one of those speak pipes where people could call in and ask questions. And that took off and that was doing super well. And, and my numbers went up because of that. But then I thought, well, why don't we actually create your own identity on iTunes? And so we created her own logo and then I separated it out so that she had her own show. And so she was kind of the first um, initiator into my thoughts about having a network. Meanwhile, living in Tampa and the amazing podcast crowd that's there that I met, that's where I met you guys. One of the podcasters who has a network on horses approached me and said, horses and ballet in a weird way are very similar. It's a very niche down specific audience, but very loyal and very committed. So seems like you could kind of mimic some of what I've done. So I consulted with him a bit. And once the Ask Megan show took off, and once I kind of had put that together and realized that the publishing process isn't that daunting if the host provides you the content. So what Megan would do is I would send her the recorded questions. She would record the answers into her phone. She'd send them to me in a file on in my email and I'd put it up there and I, we added the music and an intro and an outro and then it was done. So now it's just kind of a formula where I would still take that same information and I just kind of cut and paste. And I don't have to do, as you know, in doing a podcast, once you kind of have the track set up correctly, you can kind of add in without having to start from scratch. Right. And what I've learned over time, I used to over edit my podcast, but I think the the wave of podcasting has become a little bit more real, a little bit more raw and less edited. People like that more, I think, as long as it's not obnoxious. <laughs> but right. For the most part, I don't have to do a heavy amount of editing. So it really doesn't make the publishing process too terribly hard. So from there and talking with the Horse Network, Glenn is his name. Yeah, he's uh, on this series as well. So if you haven't listened to Glenn's interview about how to engage your audience, well worth a listen. And yes, he has a whole network of horse shows. Horse shows. And so he told me, you know, it's working for me. You can do this. And so he gave me kind of the incentive and the... I guess the, the push to consider it. And so from there I had read, um, I don't know if you've ever read Grant Cardone's book, the 10 X. No, but I know exactly what you're talking about. So I had just finished reading that book. And one of the things in that book says that if you're going to do something, 10 X it, don't just do it partly. So I thought, well, shoot, I need, I want to build this network now. It's, I like this adding the Megan piece in, I think I can do it. I have access to all these amazing professionals. Let me think through who would be my most desired hosts, the biggest names with the best energy and probably the best creativity. And so I thought, 
in the beginning, I was like, oh, I'll just reach out to some of them. And no, I'm going to 10X this. So I reached out to 25 potential hosts and thought I might get like 1% response. I got like 90% response saying, yes, I want to do it. When can I do it? Oh my gosh, so that's amazing. I had to slow down. So right. I had immediate like 15 to 17 people that said yes. Then I had to like pare it back and kind of sequentially organize it because I do have a bit of a, a habit of diving in and kind of leap without looking. And so <laughs> immediately I had more work than I could handle. So, but I thought, you know, if I'm going to launch this thing, I want to launch it with a bang. I want to take control of it. I want to um, have the names that I think are the best names out there to have on here. I want to be the first to arrive in this space. And I don't want somebody else to take it from me by mimicking it. So if I could get those that I really want on for sure first, then even if it's like a crazy amount of work in the beginning. So that's what I did. I immediately launched with, I think, five or six shows. Okay. My load of the work was to do everything as if it was my own podcast. And all they do is provide the content. So from the logos to the music to the structure, some of the shows are. Um, I was going to ask, like, did you strategize with them about like yeah, what content, yeah. like how do we want this content yeah. to be? What is it going to be about? Yeah. How are you going to do it? Okay, I did. Yeah, how often? I have a whole new host agreement, and that's been tweaked along the way. But you know, one of one piece of it is laying out who are you talking to, what's your mission, what's your message, how frequently. Um, what day will you want it to be produced and when will you get the episode to me? You know, so there's a lot. So I've got, you know, a variety. I've got um, one show that I actually, the, okay, so the after the Ask Megan show, the next show that I produced, and I it was my concept, it was my show, it's called Becoming Ballet. And so what it is, I actually love this show, but That's a great it's name. Uh, teenage kids that are on the cusp of making it. So they're past like your basic elementary classes. They're in that next phase of almost getting into a company, kind of where my daughter is. My daughter's now training in Boston. And so it's like kind of she would be the type of person that would be a host for this type of show. But they're like living outside of home. They're almost there. And my concept was to make it like a reality TV show where it's like their voice unedited, just talking about the highs and lows, like real life. What is it really like to do this? Right. The uglies, the pretties, the disappointments, the successes, all that stuff. And have all the voice just be the kids as if they produce the show, even though I'm doing all of it. So that one um, has been a, a great success. And that's been a lot of fun too. In fact, it's, you know, it's like actually kind of heart wrenching to hear some of the stories and some of the like, in fact, the girl that's on the, um, on the logo. She's a beautiful dancer. She was an amazing, she kind of co-produced it in the very beginning. I allowed her voice to be the voice and she is still the voice for the intro. She's still kind of the, the person, the representation of the show, but since being on the show, she quit ballet entirely. Oh, like wow. she kind of, so it was a really interesting evolution. Um, she was with Orlando ballet. She had finally made it and then it just wasn't what she thought it was. And so now she's back a senior in high school back home. So it's it, but we heard firsthand the day that she announced that she's done. It was just very kind of emotional, really interesting. Yeah. And I've got, you know, I've got a show of just, well, I've now have 10 shows and they're all different and they're all, um, like one guy, he, he's doing it in a series, but he did a series of, he's with American ballet theater in New York city. And so his, he's just quite the character, very, very, 
big energy, but his whole show was, um, it was called the stage right side with James Whiteside. And he would do interviews from his dressing room at the Met theater in New York city. Oh wow! So with the variety of different people within the world of ballet from like the, you know, the dressers to the choreographers to the, you know, so that was very creative. So all these shows are really fun and creative and interesting and, you know, I have a vision for more shows. My latest show is uh, called The Whole Dancer, and it's all about nutrition and fitness and becoming the best person you can be in this world. And so it's just, there's so many amazing shows. So I just want to get one fact clear. You are not on all of these other shows. No. Okay. No. So you really are the producer behind the scenes, A, sort of doing the training to get the host up and ramped up, but they're the ones producing the con- content and you are the one behind the scenes putting it all together and going live with it. Right. right. Okay. And they can market it on their own in their own spaces, but I'm marketing it also. Okay. As at work. That's what I was going to ask too. Um, I want at this point you to speak to the woman listening who's already podcasting, who is doing her best to make it work well for her business and has big visions for her business and the impact that she wants to make, but feels overwhelmed by like, oh my God, 10 shows. Are you kidding me? Talk to that woman and give some advice on how to get over the mentality of like 10xing means 10x more work, you know, or, or, right. oh my gosh, right. or it's going to take way too long to build out a network. Talk to that woman in right. through the space of your experience. So am I talking to somebody that wants to build a network or somebody that just wants to well, figure out how to manage their show better or both? Somebody who wants to build a network. I mean, somebody who is a, a, a podcasting to a singular podcast right now and hearing you talk is like, wow, this is this. I could do something like this. This would be super <laughs> cool. Talk to that woman who's like, OK, how do I get from here to there in a way that isn't super scary and makes me feel like I'm spending all my time podcasting instead of running right, my business? Right. Right. And that's, I think that's like kind of a twofold thought process because at this point in time, I have to think about Premier Dance Network is my business Mm -hmm. rather than a branch of my business. So if a woman has an existing business and a podcast is a branch of their business, then a network might not fit in with that model. If, if my, and I, you know, I could see many business having podcasting. I think that almost any small business should have a podcast as a branch of their marketing efforts and their marketing dollars. But as far as a network goes, that's a whole different concept, a whole different um, experience because it has to become the business. So my goal is to grow it to be, I mean, it is currently the only dance network and it is the most, there's, there's a couple that are, that mix video with podcasts, but mine is the only podcast network solely dedicated to dance. And my goal is to expand it to other genres of dance outside of just ballet and, and continue to grow it. And I'm seeing now how I can do that. And my goal is to continue to market it bigger. But as to that woman that wants to, if somebody wants to grow a network, that's different than growing it outside of their business. Now, if you want a network and you want that to be, you think that would be in alignment with your current existing business, uh, I think it's important to fine tune like anything, like any podcast, fine tune a narrower niche, you know, rather than a network on business. I mean, that like anything, like every podcast, you want to kind of have a very specific vision as to the who, what, where, why, you know, and understand 
who are you trying to reach? Why is your message or why is this going to be different than every other million, you know, program out there? Networks aren't as common in podcasts yet. They're still growing. I think it's going to become a bigger deal. But right now, you could be an early arriver, so it's not a bad idea to consider it. Right. Um, and there's, you know, just like talking with Glenn, there's methods that work. There's methods that don't. As we spoke before the show started, my particular um, network, because it's focused on dance, these hosts aren't in the world of business. Their job is to dance. So they are not just rolling in the dough. So they, so that my methodology might be different than if I was going to build a network for realtors, for instance, right? because then I might have them have an entrance fee. That's great. So it, it's, it's a different uh, my mentality, but I think of a woman that has a business and wants to somehow build out a network from that, it has to be very specific and clear in why and what you want to accomplish with it. Boom, drop the mic. <laughs> that is, that's exactly what I want. That is, just encapsulates the wisdom of this entire topic of this episode, which is like, I, I don't need to repeat it. You said it beautifully. Thank you for that. Now mentioning and bridging the fact that this is your business, let's talk about how it actually makes money. Talk a little bit about how are you structuring every one of these hosts coming on, how, how are you actually getting paid for what you're doing right now? And talk a little bit about the progression of that, because as we all understand, it is just a constant evolution here. So talk a little bit about how you are actually monetizing. Well, it boils down to, um, sales and the original goal was to build it up as quickly as possible so that it had, so that it appeared to be as big of a deal as I hoped it would turn into. And like anybody that knows that is a podcaster, the more niched down your subject area is, the probably, in my opinion, the lower the numbers might be. So I'm not at astronomical download numbers. But what I can say for sure is that every week the numbers continue to grow. Now, that growth isn't what some people that are new to this space expect. They're thinking growth by the thousands. I'm talking about growth by the tens or the hundreds, you know, so... Growth is growth, and it still means that I have a dedicated, loyal audience that listens week after week. So when that's the tricky part about podcasting is that when you're trying to sell sponsorship ads, they're looking at it from a, a numbers of like how magazines populate numbers, and it's just not that way. So you have to sell the sponsor, and so that's really where my monetization comes from is sponsorships. I've played around with different ways of charging fees for the hosts and stuff. But as I mentioned before, these particular hosts are not of that mindset. And most of these people that are doing the shows are wanting to altruistically give back to their audience and teach. And it's such an interesting world. And I didn't know anything about this before I came into it. But this world of ballet and dance. Those that are in the professional world are so incredibly passionate because they have been working since they're young, young, and they're so dedicated to the whole process. And so there's a, a level of respect that they want the world to hear, because unfortunately, a lot of times the, the label and the concept of what a ballet dancer is, is incorrect. And it makes it kind of ugly and psycho and all that. And so they're just trying to elevate its image in a whole true nutritional, most of these people meditate and do yoga and treat their bodies amazingly well, which unfortunately the media doesn't really teach that. Right, right. So I've just been so moved by these 
hosts. And so because of their passion and their drive and their dedication, I don't charge them. So for that reason, my job is to find the sponsors. Got it. And so I've put together a media kit and, you know, it's just, it's really just cold calling and selling yourself. And, you know, it's, it's working slowly, but I think that with every year, as you know, Katie, with every year, the podcast world is so much more like when we both first started, like nobody even knew what one was. Well, now that they're on our iPhone, I mean, they're everywhere now. Yeah. And everybody and their brother starting one. So it's kind of nice to be a little bit earlier onto it. But at the same time, now in the difference from now to six months ago and talking to sponsors is hugely different because in the past I had to teach them what one was. Now right. I don't. So now it's like your product is getting in front of your perfect audience. And so in this particular world, it's easier to find, not easier to sell them on it, but it's easier to find them because, you know, the people that listen are the ones that are buying this stuff. So it's not too broad based. Again, that's why having a very specific vision and niche will help you find the sponsors as well, because you know exactly who the buyers are. Right, exactly. So Kimberly, I mean, I can tell that you are having a lot of fun doing this. I can tell that it's a lot of work. I mean, there's there's obviously a lot of logistical behind the scenes things to to do to manage all the different shows. But I mean, it's so just apparent that you're having such a good time doing it and you are thinking 10x and beyond. And I really appreciate you honestly giving us the entire formula of how to go from one show to a lot of shows and, <laughs> and how to do that in a really impactful way. Let me end by asking this question. What impact have you seen or have you felt from going big this way, from having a network? It feels good from my perspective because it's not just my voice. It's not just my questions that I'm asking on my show. I feel as if you know, there's something for everyone. And when I hear the different shows and the different episodes, I think that they're able to touch more people or I'm able to touch more people. And so when week after week after week, when I still get questions every single week for the Ask Megan show shows me that she's making a difference and people are still asking the questions. And again, when I see the numbers grow, I know that people are listening and it's the feedback, you know, you know, Katie, when you hear from listeners, not everybody that's again, as a podcaster, it can get lonely because you're not in front of people. You're not really getting feedback. Like I think people assume that all of us are getting feedback and you don't get as much nearly as you maybe want to, or else you think you would. But at the same time, when you do get any sort of feedback, even a thumbs up on a, on a post on Facebook makes you feel like, okay, somebody is out there because yeah. you start wondering if people are out actually there. You see downloads, but you're not seeing the faces. So one of my goals, you know, not to get off track, but one of my goals this year is to create an event in New York with any host that can be available and invite listeners. You know, I think that, and you've just done this ask, before. Yeah. I was just going to ask that as far as like, you know, bringing your hosts together and sort of bringing the audience together. That is just, mm -hmm. the, you're, it, you're poised perfectly for that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I've, I've got a lot of thoughts. It's more logistics and time and organization. <laughs> you know. All those minor details. All those things, you know. <laughs> uh, well, Kimberly, thank you so much for giving us such an honest insight into your journey and ultimately making it feel very possible and very real to go big through a network and to expand um, exponentially your ability to spread a message and your ability to really make an impact. That's really the ground level message that I'm hearing here. So thank you so much for sharing that. You're welcome.